Hello, you're very welcome along to the umpteenth edition of News Talks SSE or Tristily podcast. <laughs> there is still a care factor there. Don't worry. I just I, for the life of me, I was thinking today and I was looking at the number of fixtures left. Um, sorry, by the way, I'm Richie McCormick and this is Daniel Dan Kelly. Kelly. Uh, Dan is sitting in for Ushian for the next couple of weeks. because Ushian's off sunning himself at the Paralympics. He is. Today's day one of Manny, so expect a man to be broken by the time he gets back. Uh, similarly, the, in a fashion that I was. Yes. How badly was I broken? Because uh, I'm still trying to get a handle on yeah. how I actually am myself. Since you've come back, you've just looked perennially tired. You Pretty much how it felt. Yeah, honest. that's that's what an Olympic Games will do. You did get a lovely colour though. I did, and appealing, uh, which is the worst part. But anyway, I won't talk about that. But I was looking at the the list of games that are left, and the number of games that are left for most people anyway, unless you're Finn Harps or you're Dundalk or you're indeed Cork, uh, who weirdly have played the least. Um, it's like there's you know six seven games left really. Yeah, uh, maybe eight for for some of them as well. So yeah, we're kind of getting into the business bu- time, business end. But there doesn't seem to be. I don't know, maybe this is because of Dundalk's European exploits. There doesn't seem to be much talk of there's a title chase on here. There's not because there's so many games in hand for so many teams that it's hard to it's hard to predict. It's like watching without wanting to get back to athletics parlance again because that's where I feel my comfort yeah. zone may have rested <laughs> in the past month. Um, it's when you're watching, I suppose, uh, 400 metres, especially 4 by 400 metres on a stagger and you still haven't watched it work its way out yet. Somebody yeah. looks like they're kind of ahead. But ultimately, until the home straight, you've no idea. Yeah. So basically, we won't know until all the, uh, until all the teams, which are basically Dundalk and Cork, will play the same games. But you've the table there in front of you. Yeah, it's like it Dun- is messy. Dundalk have what ten games to go. Um, is it? Yeah, it is ten games to go. Cork have eleven, and then Derry, who are you know they're in the top three, but ultimately won't challenge for the title. One would suspect because they've played four games more than Cork, yeah. and three games more as we speak to you. Uh, than Dundalk but it is uh, very much going to be a two horse race it's very similar of a, of a like a Sunday junior league team uh, <laughs> oh, no careful not junior careful. league team but junior league near the end of the season where uh, if you look in your local paper uh, with fixtures and waterlogged pages mm. that all the all the games are squashed into the last we, number of weeks of the season we may as well have a number of asterisks uh, alongside the league table at uh, this point of the season uh, we're not helped by the fact that there's FAI uh, FAI quarterfinals to which we'll get a little bit later on in the show we'll also talk about the proposed ground share uh, that is mooted for Dalyman Park over the next few years. It's two of the league's problem children it's uh, just moving in together. But aren't they all problem children? Uh, it's basically going to be the film Step Brothers, but with less curly hair and less and less room for activities, probably. But still, probably determined by the outcome of the Catalina wine mixer. It's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. It's the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Can I just get this right? Bulls are going to move to Talca when. <laughs> So bulls are going to move to Talca when Daily Mount's getting done. Yeah. And then shells are going to move back with bulls mm-hmm. to Daily Mount yeah. when it's done as part of this Euro 2020 legacy project. Thingamajiggy. It's like the it's like the most awkward couple getting together and deciding very early on that they're going to move in together for purely financial reasons. Like they haven't necessarily sorted out where they are in the relationship yeah. just yet, but they just kind of figure, you know, this is going pretty good. It makes sense. Tax uh, breaks. It makes sense. Things here we yeah. For us to move in together, kind of pool our rent and not have to pay separately 1,200 quid a month to some nefarious landlord yeah. in Dublin. Not saying that there's one in charge of either <laughs> ground, uh, just for legal purposes here. But it's that kind of thing where, oh, we'll do, okay, we'll do six months in your gaff. Yeah. And then we'll do six months in back in yours. And then by that stage, then everything should be fine. Right? Wrong. Well, we'll discover that a little bit later on. There is one side of this 
uh, equation that seems to be pretty happy with things. There's another that, you know, has a certain deal of reservations and we'll find out from those uh, from Lee Daly who's been working with the 1895 Trust with Shelburne over the past number of years. I'll also hear from Dundalk Captain Stephen O'Donnell uh, on what's been a fairly uh, hectic couple of weeks for them and will prove to be so over the next month or so. Uh, but now I shall round you up with the rest of the week's news and fixtures. <laughs> Dundalk remained top of the heap in the SSE Ertristi Premier Division, albeit with the game more played over Cork. They stretched their advantage to seven points on Tuesday night with Dave McMillan's 14th of the season, giving Stephen Kenny's side a 1-0 win at Sligo Rovers. The games are coming thick and fast for the Lily Whites at the moment, with the Europa League group games on the horizon, muddying their fixture list even further. But according to captain Stephen O'Donnell, the league is the thing. Cork have a game in hand, but we, I think we play Finn Harps before Cork play again. We play Finn Harps on Monday, so it's a chance to go 10, 10 points clear. And obviously, you'd rather have the points on the board than um, you know games in hand. So, you know, it's just our job to keep keep cranking up the pressure and uh, keep making sure Cork have to go out and win every game they have. So, you know, all we can do is just keep winning our games, and then if we do that between now and the end of the season, we'll win the league. There's no point in doing what we've done this year, not win the league, and then you start off in the first round of the Europa qualifying next year. You know, the league's huge. Three in a row would be an unbelievable achievement. It definitely is. Our main priority now is to win the league again. As you said, you know you need to build on this and you need to be sort of regulars in the Champions League qualifying to see if you can get get there. But uh, yeah, the league is the be all and end all for us this season. You know, obviously we'll be treating up the Europa and the FAI Cup with massive respect. But you know the main goal is to get three in a row and win the league and catapult ourselves back into that into the position we've been in this season. That game on Tuesday night at the showgrounds was a strange one for Craig Rodden. He was supposed to have been suspended for Friday's abandoned game with Finn Harps. That suspension was deemed to be served in the abandoned game, but Rodden went and got himself a red card against the league leaders inside nine minutes. Well done, Craig. Shamrock Rovers continued their push for a Europa League spot of their own for next season. Gary Shaw struck on the verge of half-time in Eamon DC Park, and that was enough for a 1-0 win over their host, Goway United. Bray put their hammering at the hands of Cork well and truly behind them and got back to winning ways at Richmond Park during the week. Harry Kenny and Liam O'Brien's charges fought well to pick up all three points after Graeme Kelly had given the Saints a half-time lead. But two goals in three minutes from Jer Pender and Hugh Douglas saw the Seagulls soar by the Kamak. And back to Dundalk and Robbie Benson picked up the SSC Ertristi Soccer Riders Association Player of the Month Award for August. Quite the mouthful that. The former UCD man no doubt rewarded for that howitzer away to Legia Warsaw amongst other things. Benzer perhaps could also be buoyed by the recent involvement in the Ireland squad by Dundalk keeper Gary Rogers. This again, according to Stephen O'Donnell. It shows you that uh, Martin O'Neill's looking anyway, especially for the younger boys, um, you know, that have potential to progress even more. That definitely would give them encouragement and see that at least the, the manager, the Irish manager, is taking notice. So, you know, it's up to the, us or them lads to keep going to do to what got them in this position or, you know, and... Um, got the notice of the manager, you know, keep doing that and uh, I suppose a lot will depend on how we get on in the Europa League group stages when, when people are watching you playing against top quality opposition. You know, if you can hold your own and impress at that level, you can do it kind of at any level. It's intermission time. We're happy to have you with us tonight and hope you'll come back often.
may have heard in the past number of weeks that a deal has supposedly been reached with both uh, Shelburne and Bohemians for Shells to move into Dalymount Park when Dalymount is redeveloped into a 10,000 capacity stadium that's all part of the FAI's Euro 2020 uh, legacy project, uh, which is a, a nice, uh, wonderful and cared for child of John Delaney over the next couple of years. It's kind of one of his little pet projects, Dan, I guess you call yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of those things which he feel will be able to be left as a legacy when he eventually leaves the FEI and will be used for, I suppose, maybe underage internationals around Dublin as well? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Uh, Delaney Men Park is what it's mooted to be called. <laughs> uh, we've heard from Dublin City Council that a deal has been done to acquire the lease of Talca Park and Shelburne are readying for a new home. Uh, in the interim, while Daily Mount is being done up, uh, Bowes will apparently move over to Talca Park. And um, one side of the equation of this one, as we mentioned, seems pretty happy with it, and that would be Bose because ground woes are now behind them, and happy days are here again. Yada yada yada. And you know, as somebody who's been quite close to the club after the last number of years, and when that all went down a couple of times, um, it's kind of a nice thing for this to be out of the way. But for the other sides, I don't think we've heard too much, and anything I've heard personally, at least, hasn't been hugely in favour of the move to Talca Park. Um, or the move to uh, to Dalyman Park for uh, for shells and maybe possibly a bit of ground sharing before that over in Talca. Uh, so we're joined on the line by a member of the 1895 Trust uh, who've been working uh, towards a better future for Shelburne Football Club over the past number of years. Uh, that man is Lee Daly. Lee, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Richie. Um, just to add as well, I'm, I'm a member of the Trust, but I suppose I'm speaking in a personal capacity today. Okay, very good. Um, speaking in a personal capacity, what's your feeling on this then? Um... I mean, you know, on the one hand, the, the, the deal seems like kind of everything we would want uh, in terms of it will give us some chance to address some of the legacy debt issues that are around the club. Um, it's also, uh, although nothing has been signed, sealed and delivered in terms of what the stadium will actually be like, mm. um, it does sound like some of the early things we talked about in terms of revenue sharing and being a modern stadium um, and all this sort of thing, you know, that you know any club in the league would want really and for me, you know, when we talk about uh, some of the things that are wrong with the league and what we can do to improve our facilities are always high on the list. I mean, I think the only, you know, the, the, the big issue for us uh, as Shelburne fans, I think, um, is the same reason why it's such an attractive deal for, for Bohemians, which is uh, the fact that even though you're not going to the stadium, uh, it's still in location um, uh, and an area where Bohemians have had a long history, you know. Um, and really, it's a catchment area that is very supportive of them. Um, obviously, throughout our history, we've moved around quite a lot. Um, we have not really necessarily uh, established ourselves in, in, in one uh, throughout our entire history. So that is a bit of a challenge in terms of getting the fans in. Um, you know, Talca, Talca was, in terms of the, the, the history of the club, you know, probably our, say definitely our, our most successful location. Um, and we were there for 30-odd years. At one point, get this, you know, but Talca Park was... Um, you know, the, the best stadium in the league by a considerable distance. You know? There's some great footage up on YouTube, if anyone looks at it, of a presentation back in 96, I believe it is, to Finbar Flood, um, our chairman who passed away this year, uh, or former chairman who passed away this year, um, accepting an award for, uh, you know, for the, the work done in Talca. Um, and obviously, you know, our, our great European run was there, um, the Hadjok Split game was there, you know, and we, we won a lot of leagues there as well. So, you know, from the perspective of people like myself, who uh, I'm 31, don't remember too much about any other towns. Um, Talca is, is a very big part of our history, mm-hmm. um, and it's also a big part of Dublin football history as well, with Drum Condra's uh, drum was playing there before too. So, in terms of the move, uh, 
that's the that's the biggest concern I think I have. And to be honest, just from hearing around talking with people, talking to other fans, that would be their main concern. You know, is the fact that it, we are going into an area where bows are, are just very strong, yeah. um, and and we we just need to find a way where we're not forever in their shadow, as as uh, as the saying goes. You know. There is a sense of a bit of bleed between the two areas because let's be honest, like Drumcondra and Fisborough are not that far apart and they'd be the main two catchment areas for the clubs as they stand. There seems to be a sense from talking to other uh, Shelburne fans and possibly even ones of a similar age profile to yourself that maybe perhaps even Drumcondra, like the, the roots have never properly taken hold there for the club. Um, they may have had the best ground at one stage in Talca. Like I remember going there as a kid, the place was the place looked to be in comparison to some of the other places you might go in the League of Ireland looked to be gleaming. I mean, it even held FA Cup, FA Cup finals. It did, yeah. and and deservedly so as well. But there's a sense that maybe the future for Shelburne might belong back across the other side of the Liffey, where things maybe originated from. I don't know if there's a sense of that from yourself, or if you've come across that yourself with, with speaking to other fans, not even members of the trust. You know, speaking to fans in generally. Um, yeah, no, look, you know, I think, um, I, I mean, the, the Trust did a survey um, about a year or so ago now where, um, uh, you know, they asked what fans of location was and um, something back, like the municipal stadium back in Irish Town, which um, I guess with all due respect to the athletics club there, maybe isn't being utilised as much as it could be. You know, that's the kind of location, you know, stadium which we actually built in the 50s, um, you know, uh, and had to move out of in classic league of worse in fashion um you know that would be something i think that we would would, would probably be striking people's imagination a little bit more uh the, the thing as well about it kind of not being too far people do have to remember as well it isn't that far but actually in terms of the bus links to public transportation links and so forth it actually connects much more with the uh northeastern side of the city so you know kind of places like uh, out near whitehall uh, into Clonturf, out to places like port marnock um, and that's kind of where our fan base came from, you know, generally along the bus routes um, that, you know, the, the, the sort of some of our younger fan base uh, comes from the last 30 years. So you're right that the stadium is not located that much differently uh, in terms of its current location, but it is separate to that a little more coastal and a little more um, kind of easterly of the city. So that is an important consideration. And look, at any move, you will always lose fans. You know, there's yeah. no question about that. Uh, and... You know, the question I think that the club really needs to look at is, is where we where we gain those fans, you know. We, we can't just sort of hope and pray for a big upswing in our attendance. I know, I know Bowser, Bowser are hoping for that, um, and they, they, they like it to an extent, but it's not something we can just hit and hope for either. So, you know, um, I think that one of the main concerns for, for us is, you know, how do we find identity? How do we find a place for ourselves, you know, in that location? Lee, I'm, I'm sure you've uh, you've already read this, but for people who often, Joseph Casey, who's Shelburne's chairman in last week's programme, in his uh, programme notes, said the team are in a transitionary period and at this stage everything is in preparation for next season. It is vital we go to Daily Mount as a Premier Division club and that is Owen's out-and-out target. Am I right in saying that that is the only official correspondence on the potential move so far by Shelburne? I mean, you know, it has been mentioned before by the club. Um, there is a yearly fans forum, um, which the club placed a lot of emphasis on. Um, not every fan goes to it. Uh, and there has been other communications that obviously indicated the fact that, you know, the club had been pursuing a deal. Um, you know, my understanding pretty much would be that that was the only official confirmation in writing thus far that, you know, we are actually going. Um, so, you know, I think it's a little galling, I would say, maybe for people to read that in, in program notes in that way. Um, you know, like it, it's been coming for a long time. 
But uh, we're looking at a lot of these things. People who pay their money in, um, you know, they perhaps expect a little, a little courtesy and um, look sure different take on it. Um, but I think maybe, uh, maybe there would have been better ways to do it than just mentioning the program notes. What's I'm trying to I'm trying to gauge like because obviously every club kind of finds this problem, especially if there's a, there's a move involved. Um, with Shamrock Rovers, for instance, there was always a sense of where they were heading, and they're able to build a bit of groundwork out there and, and lay the foundations. Not necessarily in a bricks and mortar sense, but just in the sense of you know the club is moving out here. Let's get Tala as a base kind of thing. It's going to be a very very difficult thing for Shelburne to try and manage is to try and build a base, either by staying where you are, which doesn't seem to be an option. Uh, the move to Dalymount, which will provide its own problems as well, or even if you're to head back across to Irishtown, which, to be fair, Irishtown now seems like an area that isn't really that well serviced. We talk about like bus routes that may link up clubs, etc., etc., but there's nothing, there's nothing really out uh, that side of the city and that corner of the city that would um, be furnishing the desire to have a football club out there. So maybe there will be some sense that a, a club, whether it be Shelburne or whether it be someone else, could flourish there. I mean, ideally. What's the best case scenario here? How how are the how would the trust uh, progress with things uh, as regards their consultations with the club, if any, and will you be listened to? I suppose as well. Um, well, you know, I'm not I'm not currently involved in the, the actual board of the trust, so I would have to leave it up to them mm. to, to to discuss it. Um, look, you know, to be honest, in terms of consultations with the trust and this sort of stuff, I, I think the fact that um, and these are all things that I think the board would admit too, like we are the situation now where um, some of the issues that are around the club, you know, that have been holding back conversations about things like ownership, they are starting to clear up. And concurrently, we're in a really deep, serious crisis. Um, and Daily Mint is not going to save us uh, solely. You know, it's not going to solve all of our problems. We, uh, you know, we're we're pretty stagnant on the pitch. Um, our attendances are poor. There is a need for us to come, you know, to come together and club together and to do something. Um, so, you know... I think Daily Mail is only one part of it, but I think the problem is Daily Mail gets to the wider issue, which is there is there is traditionally a lot of division in the club, um, which is no different to any other club as well in a sense. But we're, we're kind of facing into a prospect now where look, we do have the Daily Mail move coming up, but we do kind of need to pull together and, and figure out a collective direction. Um, the trust has put together a business plan um, which kind of does that to an extent in terms of talking about ownership changes and structural changes we might, might want to do. And anybody who wants to check that out can go to 1895trust.com uh, and pledge their support towards that, both uh, in terms of moral support, but we're also asking for a certain sort of financial support for it too. Um, and that's an effort that, you know, we, we'd like anybody who has any interest in the club to, to do that. Um, so, you know, I mean, I... I I, I'm kind of a bit reticent to think of ourselves, uh, you know, either as fans or as a trust or as any one group of the club is sitting apart from any other. There, there is a real need now, uh, and that's something in fairness I think Joe would recognise for us to get around the table, try and sort of have some conversations and, and try to come towards some agreement where, you know, everybody isn't uh, isn't exactly all happy with the direction, but there is a direction we can pull in and one that's going to make things work. Um, you know, and, and Daniel it's only going to be one small part of that really at this point too. You've mentioned it early, but what is the current ownership structure and sort of the hierarchy structure of the club? Um, it's a it's a little bit complex. Um, there is a company called Accolade Limited, um, which is still there. That contains um, sort of many of the the old debts from from Shelburne FC Limited. Um, this is all this is all stuff that's on the public record. I should add, um, and there is a sort of current uh, sort of uh, company which which kind of takes care of the day to day running of the club. Um, Joe is sort of 
kind of uh, you know shareholder and director of of, uh, of Shelburne FC Limited, uh, but the day-to-day running of the club is undertaken by sort of a board of volunteers. Um, you know, uh, that's kind of more or less how it works. We want to we want to just uh, I think the trust um, both when I was involved in it now as well. Look, we we just need to put in place uh, some form of proper structures, uh, but also try to heal some of the sort of interpersonal or, or inter kind of arguments and issues that go on. You know, again, that's no different to any other club, yeah. and they will reemerge after any unity measure. But it is important that people come together and uh, decide what the best future of the club is. It sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> I'll be, I'll yeah, be quite yeah. It sounds awfully familiar. Uh, uh, as a club, I think Bowls were there uh, a few years ago where things were looking pretty bleak. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one progresses. I mean, there's obviously a lot of a lot of conversations that will go into this further down the line. Uh, but for the time being, uh, Lee Daly, uh, Shelburne supporter, independent, an occasional member of the uh, Daly 95 Trust. Um, I'm looking forward to the uh, original Odd Couple team tune playing as we move in together. I mean, I think it's going to be a rather nice thing. I'm sure, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the loathing in his voice is palpable. Uh, Lee Daly, well, thanks look, so much. You know, that's what matters. There you go, Lee Daly there, uh, telling us all about Shelburne. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's a slightly tangled situation they find yeah, themselves in, to say the least. It's, it just seems messy. It seems that whatever happens, the Bohemians fans will be the ones that will come out of this far happier. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a problem that's necessarily born of the fact that Shelburne have to move or Shelburne are facing, you know, a ground share with somebody else. I mean, this is... They're just innocent. Well, I think I think the fact that the ground share is coming is probably bringing a lot of problems to a head at once, Yeah, which is the issue there. And uh, But to be honest with you, you know, I do say this is, as, as a supporter of a rival club, I do hope it works out for them. Because oh, 100%. Shelburne brought a lot to this like, league. I've, I've uh, grew up in a time where... In the early 1990s, Shelburne would have been the biggest team in Ireland. They yeah. would have constantly, especially in the FAI Cup, been the uh, pen in the arse to, uh, to slag her over. <laughs> I think it was 95 and 96. Two, yes. home, two home semi-finals, lost 1-0. Uh, League Cup games as well in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I would have always uh, seen Shelburne as the sort of the uh, the big team of their time. Yeah, going back to the, the days of the, the Greg Coslows and Tony Sheridan's yeah. and Mark Rutherford's yeah. and Vinny Arkins. The two Gagan brothers as well. Yeah. Good lord, there we go. What a mustache! I think we should probably do a feature on that Shelburne side back in the day, um, pretty soon on the podcast. But that is uh, just about it. Uh, hopefully, you haven't all missed Oshin too much. Um, we haven't, anyways. Yeah, I know we haven't missed him the way he's probably missing Carvery, uh, his beloved and betrothed Carvery. He's also missing the Waterford, uh, the twenty one, the All Ireland under twenty one. Yeah. Borgosh Energy All Ireland 21. Yes. Make sure they get the sponsorship mentioned of in there, Dan. They pay some hard cash money. Uh, not to this podcast, but, you know, if they want to, they're more than welcome to over the course of the next 12 months thereabouts. Uh, but yeah, I can't imagine how Oshin is coping without without Carvery. Yeah. I've seen the food over there. He's not going to like Yeah, it. it's, uh, I've heard, I think it was, was I'm not, it, probably you that mentioned it, the, about the cheese and the burgers. Yeah. Yeah. It's cheese sauce rather than cheese slices. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the other stuff that he, over there that he won't like. He should have vacuum packed some Calvita. He probably did. <laughs> Do you know what? He was already on, as we speak to you, he was on last night on the news round and off the ball uh, from Rio and he's gone full Staunton in terms of his uh, colour. So he, He'll come back half the man in size. <laughs> I'm probably in, in spirit also. No, because you know what he'll do? He'll do the awful thing of whereby somebody moves out of home for the first time. There's a lot of this podcast is centered around moving, sadly. Uh, whereby they just eat crap. Yeah. So they just eat the easiest thing to them. So there'd be like a load of Mars bars eaten. <laughs> Other chocolate bars are, of course, available. And I did see him. Uh, he had a picture on, uh, tweeted a picture on Wednesday evening of Kellogg's chocolate favorite cereals with David Louise in the front. Ooh. 
So Interesting. You too can defend like David Louise. Uh Badly. Um, but for a lot of money. Uh, there you go. Uh, in fixtures-wise, uh, Dan will get to the FAI Cup games momentarily, but just to tell you, in the Premier Division, there is one game this weekend. It's in form. Bray Wanderers, they're shooting up the table. They can probably get as far as 6th or 7th this season. Uh, but they are way too long for town on Saturday evening. Half 7 kickoff for that one. Uh, two games remaining as well on Friday in the 1st Division with Athlone facing Drogheda and Cabin Teeley up against the aforementioned Shelburne FC. And the... Uh, four games in the quarterfinals. The cup specialists, Shamrock Rovers, suppose last time they won the cup. Uh, donkeys years ago, eighty something, but yeah. they are still the cup specialists somehow. Uh, they face uh, Cork City and what is undoubtedly the tie the round at seven forty five. Cork are going to do the double, aren't they? That's what's going to happen here. Is that all the attention will go to Dundalk for being in Europe? But Cork will end up doing the double, and nobody really care. Yeah, as we heard earlier with O'Donnell in uh, your news round, yeah, basically he has said and he's gone now on record, yeah. It's league or bus for Dundalk. What's yeah. the point? What's the point in having three or four magical nights in Europe when uh, basically you don't get a chance at Champions League next year? And they know well this is True. this is the this is the era for them that they can do it. Three uh, in a row is a special number as well. It certainly is. Uh, UCD take on Dundalk at seven forty-five. Uh, the second All Premier Division tie of the round sees Derry make the long. Travel yeah. south to Wexford Youth. I think they'll play them again next week in the league. And Wexford Youth would be a side I fancy to do something in the cup. They'd be the ones to be. Yeah, in the last round, they defeated Sligo Rovers with two goals in the last five minutes. Interesting. Yes, and that was in Ferry Carry Park. And then on Saturday in Richmond, the. Uh, who could be dark horses for this year? St. Pat's mm. are at home to Cove Rounders. They kind of need it, to you, be fair. You wait 51 years for a bus and then two turn up in three years. <laughs> they do, to be honest with you, they do kind of need it at this stage. That, yeah. It's been a bit of a wet fart of a league campaign. Like they're, in six, they're in sixth place in the yeah, league. Yeah, it's a write off. It's, it's where you don't want to be. Yeah. It's at that stage of the season, this stage of the season, I'd love an L relegation battle. For, uh, Slug Rovers said that last year. It was frightening, but it was also exhilarating. Exactly. That's <laughs> it the thing. Brilliant. It keeps it keeps your hand in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the last thing you want is to be going, Oh grand, we're gonna finish in sixth or seventh. Yeah, and I, that's gonna be there's I, gonna be no Europe, there's gonna be no relegation. We just are where we are. Looking at the league, I think it's fair to say from Slug Rovers in fifth, probably down to yeah. Bray, because they're on the way up Go in on, ninth. Slug Rovers in Pats, Bowles, Galway and Bray. If you're not in the cup, good luck to you. Put on the flip flops. I know God. it's September, but uh, get that's us. Yeah, that's, that's already us. us. That's like, for the there season. was a brief period where I was like wondering where we're going to flirt with relegation, and yeah. and then you know we had Purell Longford and Purell Wexford kind of dive themselves into it headlong. Uh, there was a sniff that Bray might do the same, but now it's like, hey, look at us, we're safe. Oh God, yeah. we're safe. So Dundalk, Cork, <laughs> Derry, Shamrock Rovers, Finn Harps, Wexford, and Longford—you have something to play for the rest. And people, people be all like, oh yeah, but the prize money that goes along with the places, yeah, so what, an extra ten per place, <laughs> which will be lost on one on one fine for flares. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah, or one pitch incursion after yeah. a goal that saves you. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> the goal that saves you, you will not be in financial risk. Oh, that's cost yeah. you, by the way. Um, oh, and don't bring uh, flags uh, that uh, criticize people. certain people into the grounds either because that's a paddling so many paddling and it doesn't matter where it is it can be no. abroad it can be abroad who either. knew who knew that you know stewards had jurisdictions over free speech in foreign countries serbian stewards serbian stewards had free, uh, you know were able to curtail irish free speech in a foreign land yeah i did not see that coming through the voice of material weird on that isn't it who knew that cloth and there's Richie breaking the breaking desk. Breaking the desk, in case you wonder what Richie's that was. Richie's breaking the desk here. I'm in just the through sheer rage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It was simmering up until that point and then just broke through the desk. But yeah. Basically, Oshin needs to come back as quick as possible. He does. Uh, Oshin and his carvery will be back momentarily. But for now, thank you so much for joining us over the past few moments on this SSC Air Tristily podcast. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>